Welcome back to Drinks First. We have a friend of mine who we met, I guess, last year through one of my events, which has been awesome meeting so many cool people like coming through to Drinks First. But I would love for you to introduce yourself. Can you let me know? Obviously, not your name, but how old you are, where you're from, where you're living now in New York City, and what you're doing. Okay, cool. Like a little modeling casting slate minus the name. I am 27 years old, six feet tall, uh, living in. (laughs) We just had to slide that in there. (laughs) Had to slide it in very early. (laughs) Living in Flatiron, have been in New York for almost two years, coming up on my two-year anniversary. And I am an online coach, a health architect, and a content creator. And did you go to college? If so, where? I went to college in Los Angeles, UCLA, go Bruins, and lived in LA for about eight years. So like four years for undergrad and then three years postgrad. My family moved out there as well. I was originally born and raised in Kansas. Dad is Chinese, mom is Filipino. Somehow met in Kansas and decided to raise a family there, which yeah, I whoa. don't regret at all. Like great suburban town, Overland Park. Um, wow, just revealing a lot of info. You're so giving even away <laughs> Even if I didn't whatever, it's fine. Leave it in you there. You better as well give your social security number at this point. Oh, yeah. Do, should I? <laughs> okay, so Kansas. I You already Kansas. you revealed your all sorts of Asian. So, like, what was what was being Asian in Kansas like? Yeah. When, when you said that, I was like, wait, did I reveal being Asian? I was like, oh, yeah, my mom's. Yeah, my mom's Filipino. My dad's Chinese. Yeah, duh. Um, it was. I didn't think it was any different like I didn't think I was any different until like a certain point maybe in middle school when it like started to become a little bit more prevalent when we're like you know learning about cultural backgrounds and ethnicities and like that was when I was like oh like damn I am not like everyone else I guess like I'm not white was there like an Asian community where you were living though is that like why your parents were there or not really um I mean I think in any any place for minorities there's always like a small community in Mm -hmm. kansas there wasn't like a huge you know either chinese or filipino population but enough to know that it was different from maybe other people's communities right right yeah and okay so kansas for a bit and we'll get back into like your life in kansas um i just want to touch on some of the other things you mentioned Mm -hmm. ucla Mm -hmm. what did you study there I studied integrative physiology. That was the name of the the degree I got. So basically like human anatomy, physiology, human systems, um, very much a pre-med track. Yeah. And then you said you're an online coach and health architect. What yeah. does that mean? Uh, so the online coaching, that's uh, pretty normal. The health architecting, that's kind of like the job title that I've given to myself in order to, you know, have structure for what I do now and then also for future plans. You know, working for yourself, you can kind of give yourself any sort of title and it really doesn't mean anything unless you give it value. But the idea is to help people like create better structures and systems to, you know, realize their health and also realize that they have a lot of autonomy over their own health. So yeah, that's kind of the idea of like the health architect. So are you like a biohacker? 
for myself, yes. And then also for like the people I help and my clients, also yes, but not in the biohacking sense. Mm-hmm. Like not doing these crazy things or seemingly crazy things, but like integrating just easy ways that prevent friction from, you know, attaining better health, like better sleep. Like an easy thing that I like to give to my clients is like make sure that they, you know, watch the sunset three or five nights out of the week to kind of help with their circadian rhythm. And that way, you know, maybe they get into a better nighttime routine and then they wake up with like a little bit more energy instead of waking up really tired every day. I mean, maybe I should start doing that. I my view is of another building, so mm. <laughs> that's the that's the downside of living in New York City, I guess. But yeah. you know, like I get a little bit, a tiny bit of sky. But yeah. that, that's some good in, good insight. I know that like it's interesting that you have a degree in all of this, and so you're probably using a lot of that knowledge to back up your yeah. health advice. Of course, trying to and then also, you know, a lot of continuing education and the point with like, okay, even if you do have a view of another building, the idea with like watching the sunset is like, okay, you got to get out of your house, maybe go on a little walk, Mm -hmm. literally 10 to 15 minutes, just get a little bit of that, you know, last bit of daylight. Um, And it's never going to hurt, right? For most mm-hmm. people, like just going on a little walk or getting outside is not going to hurt them. In in fact, it could, you know, be very much beneficial, not only in like the short term with getting outside, but yeah, like I mentioned with the downstream of just, you know, being able to get into a better routine and maybe sleep better. Yeah. So obviously you're very health conscious. And a question I ask everybody on the podcast is where do you like to eat and where do you like to go out? Gotcha. Where do I like to eat? So I don't have like a place that I frequent in terms of like these restaurants other than really Kava. Kava is a big one. There's a another place called Guy Chicken, which is different from the one in Chinatown. It's one on Meal Pal. They're kind of like a franchisee in, in New York City. I use Meal Pal a lot. Mm. Um, and if we can put my referral code or wait, I guess that would <laughs> that would you know, track that against would, my identity. Never mind. No yeah. referral code. Um, <laughs> I use MealPal a lot, though, just because it gives me the opportunity to, you know, try new places if I want to or, mm-hmm. you know, go to these same places and save a little bit of money. Yeah, so, honestly, it's like it's a good hack, I think, for people who are living in New York and are like budget conscious and don't necessarily want to cook for themselves all the time. I have friends who use MealPal. So, yeah. you know, maybe... Maybe I can get a meal yeah. <laughs> and slide it in here. You said guy chicken. You said kava. You actually turned me on to kava. Like, hell yeah. I never thought about going to kava ever before in my life because, like, why would I go to a chain restaurant? I live in New York City, but I True. live, I like moved like two blocks away from a kava and you kept posting about it. So I was like, okay. Tell what is your kava order or like what is your must get in a kava bowl? My kava order, this is this is what I get. I get the regular rice, like the regular white rice, basmati rice. I'll do arugula. Um, that's probably my favorite type of green, arugula or spinach. And then I just go regular chicken. All of their protein options are awesome. I just like the chicken, it's the cheapest, gets me the most food. If I'm feeling, you know, bougie, I'll spend three, four extra bucks on the braised lamb. Um, and it also depends on which kava you go to because sometimes they do skimp you on the braised lamb. And so if you're paying $16 for like not a ton of lamb, it, I can see like why that would be a turnoff. But mm-hmm. at my kava, they love me. So they give me enough lamb to suffice. 
but the like their honey chicken and their spicy harissa chicken all great um the dips i love the spicy red hummus i love the spicy harissa and then i think i do the crazy feta Mm. and then this is the game changer especially in new york because you're not going to be able to get as much food as you get at kava for the price I've literally weighed the bowls that I've gotten, and sometimes they get as close to three pounds. Oh my god! Three pounds of food. Yeah. So the the hack here is that you do all the toppings, double of every topping. So you ask, can I get all the toppings, two scoops of each? And I'd say seven out of ten times, they're you know it makes their job a lot easier because they don't have to think and they don't have to wait for you to be like, uh, can I get a uh, and then you're like start stumbling mm-hmm. on yourself like oh cool like he just wants everything they do two scoops load it, throw it in there load it on three pounds of food you turn that into you know three separate meals even or i mean if you don't have an appetite maybe like five six meals easy wow and yeah. that's all they don't charge you more for that they don't charge you more for the toppings no wow all i right. mean you could even do like you know three of each but i don't i don't want to push my luck and don't, like don't push your limits they like yeah. you already yeah, they like me. They, they don't want to, you know, be like, fuck, there's the guy who orders three of each <laughs> topping. I'm going to be here all day just doing this. Well, obviously, if somebody's listening and they have a similar kava order, then then you know the compatibility's off the charts. We, yeah, might be compatible. <laughs> it might be kava compatible. Maybe we need we need a kava code also oh, at this point. Yeah. Have you been trying to finesse that? Not a code, but I did actually work with them at the end of the summer. So if you haven't seen enough of me and my kava ramblings, you might see a lot more come this season. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Well, so that was the first question. Like, where do you like to eat? Where do you like to go out? And like, do you allow yourself to go out with your like strict health situation? Yeah. So that's the other thing is like, I'm not someone who is like, so I I think I'm punctual, but I'm not like overly strict with, you know, doing the things that add to my social health, right? I think you'll see like a lot of fitness trainers online being like, they don't drink, they don't go out, you know, they have to keep very strict, they only eat, you know, certain foods. But like the whole aspect of health is like not only to work on like your physical health, but there's mental health, there's emotional health, there's social health. So I still go out. And I'd say the places that I frequent, or I enjoy going out to is definitely Georgia Room, you put me on that. That's been, you know, one of my favorite spots. I admittedly don't go enough outside of drinks first events. I would love to go there more like just on a on a regular night. I do like Mm -hmm. lounges, anything where it's like kind of loungy. You don't need to like purchase a table to be able to sit down. Love that. Where else do I go? I don't again, I don't have those spots that I go to. I did go to Freehold Brooklyn. Love that spot in Williamsburg. I think I would like to go back there if I ever venture out back to Brooklyn. Other than that, just kind of go wherever people are going. Yeah, I let other people, you know, drive the boat on that one. I just kind of sit back and be like, cool. Yeah, let's go. You show up. Yeah. The one that I probably wouldn't go back to, though, is Wiggle Room. That one just Mm. felt like too much like a basement frat house party. It was too young. A little too young and then just like so packed that you could not walk through. And the one time I went, saw these two people get in a fight over like the bubble gun that they have like they have the little gun that blows bubbles and it was just like okay i really don't need this i'm not having fun here um, yeah so I'm i've sorry, never actually been 
I've never been to Wiggle Room, but I do know it's very popular. So I can imagine, especially amongst the TikTok crowd. So I can imagine it's probably like skews on the younger end. But I mean, I think this episode will come out before November when this happens. But I'm doing another event at Georgia Room in November. So stay tuned. It's going to be a lot of fun. Always a lot of fun. Quick plug. You know I'm going to try to be there if schedule allows. Yeah, Yeah, please. Of course. Anytime. Okay. So you're you're like, you like to go out. You're down to, do you drink? I'll drink. Yeah, here and there. Mm -hmm. I think... When I first moved to New York, it felt like freshman year freshman of college year. again. Yeah. yeah. And I think I kind of fell off my health conscious track and I was drinking just way too much, way too often going out, you know, on any day that ended with a Y. And I think I have been able to reel myself back and be like, okay, when I do go out, I enjoy myself 100%, but I'm very much more cognizant of like when I want to go out, who I want to go out with. Yeah, when I first moved here, I was just anything, anywhere, anyone, I'll, I'll be there. Whereas now, like, I'm a little more picky with, you know, where I spend my time. And it actually is really helpful because then, like, when I do go out, I enjoy myself. Like, whether yeah. or not, you know, I'm even drinking that night or, you know, drinking more than I should. Um, yeah, and I, try to I also, I feel like that comes this. with age. Like, yeah, just generally, Maybe, I mean, yeah. I'm like, yes, partially also the New York thing, but I think it is also an age thing. Like I'm 26 going on 27, like very soon. And I right now am like in a sober era. Like I'm not really drinking. Oh yeah. And I feel like there are so many people around me, like drinks first, obviously, but it's not like a forever thing, but (laughs) I'm I'm experimenting with it. I see a lot of other people being really like invested in this kind of like sober curious lifestyle and I think it's I'm trying to figure out if it's like the wave right now or if it's our age and I think it might be our age could be like a mixture of both I think like everyone coming out of you know 2020 2021 was just like okay yeah it's party season party all the time yeah, we haven't like been able to do it in like a summer, year yeah hot girl summer was a thing. yeah exactly um so yeah it might be like a mixture of both like people just slowing down and then also yeah you made me realize we we're getting older we're getting more mature we're getting wiser so yeah those are definitely all components as to you know why we make better decisions i mean when i say sober curious i think people generally that i the trend i've been noticing is people like kind of moving away from alcohol but towards like microdosing shrooms or like Mm. something like that that's so big right now so it's it's interesting to see I think how that's impacted like a lot of people going out and I think it's the same thing with me I'm also way more picky about like where when and where I choose to go out like when I was 24 23 I was like any day of the week let's go I'm down like I'm drinking we're having a good time but now I'm like, ugh, I'm like old and tired and my neck hurts. And <laughs> so it might, it, I think it's a little bit of both. And I think you start experiencing it like in your kind of later, the onset of your later 20s. Not that it's yeah. old. It's just like, uh, I feel, I feel more an entering into a different kind of lifestyle for a lot of people. I see a lot of people transitioning. So it's interesting to hear it from like somebody who is like a health coach, how that might kind of impact your lifestyle in the city but it's hard not to drink here it's hard not to go out there's just like a million things going on 
Yeah, a lot of things like working against you. So I think, you know, one thing that I realize is like any of the, you know, fitness coaches or trainers or anyone in the health space who lives in New York, they like, I think, have a much tougher time than like someone in L.A. L.A. is like a utopia for health. Like you can go anywhere and everything is health focused, whereas in New York, you can find that, but it's not as like, you know, in your face, like there's no Erewhon on the corner. Mm -hmm. And I think learning that you become a much more relatable person for you know the people you're trying to help because you know the people you're trying to help probably aren't spending 24 hours of their day just thinking about their health and how to improve it they just want to know these easy things that are frictionless to get them to a better spot than they're at right now so if you can do that in new york you can probably relate with a much broader audience than someone living in la where they have everything you know health wise yeah definitely like people here are very quick to spend $20 $20 on a cocktail, but, and I think people in LA are very quick to spend $20 on an Erewhon smoothie. So exactly. So like, yeah, <laughs> different environments, you're going to get different values. Definitely. Definitely. So how is that like translated into dating for you? Since you're like, I don't want to call you a gym bro. Like, are you a gym bro? Like, do you have That's like gym selfies no, on your like, like dating apps? Like, <laughs> See, I'm not like a gym bro. And I I find a lot of that stuff, me personally, like maybe I'm maturing, but I do find it kind of cringy at this point. Like I very much don't resonate with the macho gym culture. And I think, you know, hopefully a lot of people in my content see that and like the people I talk to, hopefully they see that. But with regards to dating and just like kind of being in being like health conscious, health forward, health focused, it's. I mean, there are definitely values that I like seek out with people that I'm dating. And, you know, they don't have like for the women that I date, they don't have to necessarily like be at the gym or going to the gym or, you know, do any of the exercise or workouts that, you know, I do myself. But if they're somewhat health focused or health conscious, not necessarily like health forward where health is their only thing, I think there's still, you know, uh, a balance that can be striked up there where it's like, okay, like you enjoy Pilates, you enjoy yoga. That's cool with me. Like, that's good. Like, that's still within this realm. Yeah, I think it's an interesting, like, conversation to have where I think a lot of men view, and I'm not saying this is true for you, but because it's your career, but like a lot of men view going to the gym, being healthy, being fit, like they view that as a priority when they are dating someone. They're like, I want somebody to share those interests with me. And I see it a lot like on dating apps and things like that. Like, Mm. oh, I want somebody who's fit or I want somebody who like there's kind of coded language around it. And I think personally for me, it's interesting because it's like when some people talk about, oh, I want some somebody who cares about their health. I want somebody who's fit. And they like prioritize those things on a dating app. They like put that out there. I I think some people's idea of health is so is maybe idealized in a different way. Like Mm -hmm. I'm somebody who like works out with a trainer. I like care about my health. I'm like exploring sobriety. Like I don't know X Y and Z. But when somebody looks at things, yeah, all all healthy things like things I'm thinking about. Things like and yes, I'm not the healthiest person whatsoever. But like. I care about it and I'm like trying to care more about it. But I think when people say like, oh, I want someone fit or I want someone healthy, they imagine like a very specific kind of thing, like when they're looking for a partner and that might be somebody who is physically very fit or skinny or I think sometimes physically 
how are you supposed to judge somebody's health? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like skinny doesn't equal healthy. Health comes in all sorts of different shapes, sizes, forms. So when you say you're looking for somebody who is healthy or health conscious, like how do you discern that in someone from our current like dating channels? Yeah. And you mentioned something earlier about like just shared values. And I think that's really important. So like things that I would be looking for, it's like, you know, what are your daily routines like? Like, are you going to bed, you know, at 3am every night because you're going out every night? Okay, then that's like, you know, giving me the introduction into knowing that, you know, you're probably not prioritizing your sleep. So I mean, going from there, like, okay, if you're not prioritizing sleep, then you're probably not going to the gym because you're not recovered things like that kind of went on the changing there. But I think there are other action items that I look for where it's like, okay, yeah, do prioritize like even just going on walks or getting outside or doing something where it's like this deliberate thing that you know is going to impact your health, not only in the short term, but in the long term. Yeah. So you're looking more at like behavior. Yeah. It'd be like behavior. Like, yeah. What are you doing on the weekends? Like, oh, it's completely fine if you're going out partying every now and then but is it like oh is this a reoccurring motif where you're doing it every weekend then sometimes there you can discern like words or like the visual versus like what they actually do which I think is important for you know anyone in the dating space is like okay how do your actions match up to your words or what you're telling me Yeah, definitely. I think I'm just pushing back a little bit on this idea of like I look for somebody who's health conscious because it's so hard to look at somebody and be like, you're healthy. Because, right. you know, you see people who are like, maybe one ideal of what what somebody should look like, but they're not healthy at all versus like, looking at somebody else who might be like, very active, very health conscious, maybe like, an athlete, even, you know, so yeah. it's, it's an interesting conversation to have. And I see that kind of coded language in dating all the time, where it's like, oh, I'm looking for somebody healthy or fit or something like that. And it always translates into like, I want to be with somebody who's like skinny or something like that. Yeah. And I'm glad you're pushing back on that. And I'm glad we can have like this discussion on, you know, what that language means. So like me personally, when I say like, I'm looking for X, Y, and Z, I think there is a part of it where it is like, you know, the outward visual appearance. But then obviously, that's why you go on dates to see like, okay, like, what is actually, you know, a part of your life. So like when I say I'm looking for someone like health conscious or health forward or thinking about their health or cognizant about their health is like, okay, like when we have, you know, a discussion on like what your day to day looks like, like what comes out as the things that you actually, you know, do for your health, like, again, walking, running, yoga, Pilates, um, those would be like the physical things. But then like nutritionally, like, are you eating out all the time? Or do you try to like, make an effort to even cook like once a week? Um, You know, it doesn't have to be even like meal prepping for all seven days, because damn, I don't even do that. But it's like, okay, like, are you making an effort there? Um, You know, when it comes to finances, even financial health, like, are you putting that forward? That way you have ability and financial freedom to like, keep doing the things that you enjoy doing when they are, you know, activity related or like going traveling and going out. Um, So I think, yeah, there's, there's tons of things that go into that. But again, yeah, you're so right on that coded language. And I feel like it comes more from men where it's like, oh, yeah, I'm looking for someone healthy. Usually healthy just means like skinny. And that's it. It's like, oh, yeah, like you do all these other things, but you're skinny. Oh, yeah, you're healthy to me. And I think that does come from, you know, a male dominated view of of things. Yeah, I don't know if like, and I don't want to minimize at all physical attraction. Like that's obviously important when it comes to dating. 
And I think that initial physical attraction is everything that like could be what sparks somebody talking to someone, going out with someone. So it's not to say that that's not important and everybody is able to like have their own preferences. But I'm interested to hear if like maybe on your end, you see that as like a man dating women, that women like put that out there. Because I feel like I see that all the time that people are like, I want someone fit. I want someone healthy. And like, maybe it is just a narrative driven by men. Yeah, I I don't know if I've ever like been cognizant of that. And if I if I can add into this, I never thought of myself as like attractive whatsoever until until maybe like until maybe I started getting on TikTok like around March or April 2020. Up until mm-hmm. that point, okay, there was one point before that. 2018, there was something called subtle Asian dating. Yes. If you, yeah. I know. I know about that. If the viewers don't know about the backstory on that, basically this Facebook group where you could like they would call it auction auction off your friend which is mm-hmm. kind of weird wording but like basically you would like put your friend up you'd take some photos of them put them on this facebook group and be like this is my friend he's 25 you know this tall lives here kind of wing basically it's like we'll put up your friend they'll put up their stats wingman yeah wingman yeah. Wing woman right get them over there and then people would be like oh wow he's so like handsome or like she's so cute or like i really like them so that was probably the first time i felt like the attractive spark. but yeah, before that, like, I've never really seen myself as attractive. So I think that was just in the point of, you know, women putting things onto me. Like, I never, I'd never felt that maybe because I was never in that situation to begin with. Yeah, I want to, I want to hear more about that. Do you feel, was that like, around college? Was it before college? Like, I'm sure growing up in a place where there weren't that many Asian people around impacted that? Yeah, it was like pretty well after college or maybe like my last year of college where I like felt like, oh, like people do look at me a little differently and in a good way. Like, oh, I do have traits that, you know, might be attractive to other people. And so that was kind of the point um, just like five years ago, whereas I feel like I had friends growing up and they always got like all the girls in middle school. And I'm like, damn, like how are you texting five girls right now? Like, that's wild. Um, but just a very middle school thing to kind of... Were uh, they were about. they East Asian or no? No, no, they were white. Yeah. I, yeah, I think so many... I definitely think a lot of, like, Asian people go through this, especially when you grow up in a predominantly white kind of, like, environment. Like, I also, like, went to, like, a predominantly white school. I didn't... I grew up in the city, so obviously a very diverse place. But even in the generation that we were growing up so different than like yes we're kind of cuspy gen z but like the younger generations put so much more value on diversity it was like so eurocentric growing up that like standards of beauty were not necessarily you know what you and i would be offering like i i felt like it was even in college definitely people and i went to a school and you also went to a school that had a lot of asian people Mm-hmm. And so I can imagine that, yes, there was some like still, yes, some level of attraction, but I always felt like white people were precedented in mm-hmm. those situations. And maybe that shift has started happening a little bit more. Uh, it, it's definitely interesting to hear from a guy's perspective that you still felt that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, you'll look at like Simu Liu, who's like this, you know, he is kind of the North Star now, which is awesome to have because growing up didn't really have someone like that Mm -hmm. to be like oh like this like this is a handsome 
man objectively and he's also doing awesome things like he you know went from working essentially in like accounting and finance into transitioning into like this movie star role for marvel and disney and i think growing up really the main guys that would look like me would be like jackie chan or william hung from american idol and those are two very different like one is a movie star one is like your what would be like a prototypical like asian look which is like Mm -hmm. nerdy glasses and you know people liked him because it was kind of funny to like him not Mm -hmm. they liked him because he was like talented or objectively attractive to a lot of people yeah you felt like that started changing like when you got on tiktok so kind of post college yeah. Or it really started changing. So I need to add something. I got into modeling 2018 post-college mm-hmm. after I watched the movie Crazy Rich Asians. So I feel like mm. that was like a big spark that, that led to a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, so I watched that movie like a few weeks later, applied to this one agency that I had always liked because they did a lot of stuff in, in like the sports world, um, mm. like Adidas, Under Armour, Reebok, Nike. I was like, cool, I'll apply. Maybe this is like a good springboard. Um, and it was. And so been with them for like the past five years. Whoa. And I'm guessing that was super validating. Yeah, super validating. Just be like, wow, like, okay, there is like a shift here. And it kind of, yeah, helped me realize that shift. So do you think you're hot now? <laughs> I have enough confidence to know that I am attractive, but mm-hmm. I also am humble enough to not go around acting like I am, you know, the hottest shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I It's a balance of both. Did you have experiences growing up that helped validate? Like, did you date anyone? Were you ever in a serious relationship? Have you ever been in a serious relationship? You're talking about like, like in high school, middle school? High school, middle school, college. Like, gotcha. what's your relationship like, history looking like? First one would be in college. Went mm-hmm. through like two semi-long term. I mean comparatively like they were like six to nine months both of them in college which is either a long time for people in college or like a very short time for people in college seems like the people in college that I knew would either do like a two-month situationship or be with someone for like three to four years yeah from like someone back home so yeah first relationship was in college and just two of them and what what were what was that like for you I don't know how to answer that. What do you mean? Like, what were you, was it were like? you in love? Have you ever been in love? Uh, I think I've been in love. I have been in love. Those were not the times I were mm-hmm. was in love. Yeah. So tell yeah. me about the first time you were in love. First, well, I also think the definition of love changes. So when I thought mm-hmm. I was in love, I think if I look back at it now, which also you know, either rose tinted glasses or whatever the opposite of that would be like blinders I would say looking back at it now probably not my definition of love but back then yeah it was I don't think you can explain love really it's something that each person feels a little differently was that like in a serious relationship have you been in like anything longer term than a few months yeah this this and it was my most recent like long-term relationship Mm -hmm. it was like 18 months a year and mm-hmm. a half. How long has it been? Was that your last relationship? So how long yeah, has it been? Yeah, that was the last relationship before I moved to New York. So okay, so you've like been single years. for two years. Mm-hmm. Why did it end? There's a lot of moving parts and just mm-hmm. differences, and also 
it was mainly a long distance relationship or mm. not mainly it was a long distance relationship i think in my head it might have been a covid relationship where it's like okay this is like the last person that i talked to and met up with and went on dates with in person and so it's just comforting to know that there is someone that you can talk to every day yeah. while in lockdown and like not having the ability to like see even you know family members or friends so I think those two things were the biggest reasons um, mm -hmm. why we didn't end up being that great for each other because we really didn't know each other it was a lot of FaceTimes it was a lot of texting mm -hmm. how did you meet we met on tinder oh okay and it yeah. was like long distance during COVID long distance during COVID yeah before that like met on tinder and you know went on like maybe three or four dates and then yeah COVID so then COVID happened. everything yeah everything shifted yeah I mean it was such so many weird years of like relationships Maybe. where people just wanted to feel companionship and then coming out of COVID it was either like okay you're like really committing to this relationship and this person or you're breaking up yeah and I yeah I I haven't been able to talk to too many people who've had that experience but I'm sure it's you know somewhat of a shared experience um, whether people realize it or not, you, yeah, you hit on the head just like have. that companionship. Yeah, yeah. I've definitely, um, talked to people who've had similar, those like COVID relationships where, you know, you were, were you back in Kansas or were you in California? I was in California. Okay. And were yeah. you with your family? I was with my family mainly. Yeah. Yeah. That it's just so tough. Like when you're with your family, it's like, you're not alone, but you're, you're kind of in this like regressive state and we both of us had probably just come out of college so you had had this whole like college experience of being independent and like having your own life and then all of a sudden you're like pulled back into back in high school again back like, in high oh, school again like where are you going oh you know i'm just going down the street <laughs> or like i'm driving here like damn i have to like tell you where i'm going i know but yeah thanks for the free rent uh dad that <laughs> was nice facts such a weird microcosm of time, but obviously you moved to New York. What prompted you to move to New York? <laughs> so the girl I was seeing, my my ex-girlfriend at now, my girlfriend mm -hmm. at the time, she actually moved to New York. So I was like, oh, cool. Like, I'll move to New York, too. Mm -hmm. um, that was like part of it. The other part, which is like, is because she moved here, I applied to a public health program in New York also so mm -hmm. I was gonna do that so if you met me like two years ago I would say I moved to New York to do continuing education and to get my master's in public health but now I'll tell you just straight up like I was gonna move here for her and there were just like other things that were side quests essentially to also get me here and yeah it was also like yeah I mean I didn't enjoy LA as much and I was like cool like if you're moving like if you if she had moved anywhere else I don't think I would have mm. moved there but because it was New York, I was like, damn, yeah, I, I kind of want to move there now. And now you just gave me a reason to. I didn't I didn't know you. Did you get your master's? Did you finish? No, I ended program? up just withdrawing way before it even started. Okay. Yeah. And did you end the relationship before you got to New York or did you were you guys still together when you came here? Yeah, the relationship ended before I moved here. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. So you made all these decisions. Yeah. And <laughs> Your life just changed the minute you... What prompted all of that change? Was it your content creation? Was it like modeling? What was it? 
it's New York, baby. You gotta <laughs> come out. I mean, I'm also very much a person who they're not rash decisions. Like these are very big decisions. Like, I mean, the first like big decision that I can think of recently would be like moving from Kansas to LA, like wanting to go to school in California. But like mm -hmm. when I have those feelings of like, this is something I should do. Like there's not a lot that's going to keep me from doing it. So for New York, it was just kind of like, it's New York. I'm 25, 26. Like, it doesn't matter like where I'm at in life. I think I need to be in New York right now. And it just so happened I did have like good backup plans in case, you know, like not going to school worked out. So like I had online coaching, I had modeling. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, it was just something where I was like, you know, I'll either sink or swim. If I swim, amazing. If I sink, then we'll just cross that bridge if Back I ever to the have to. Board. Yeah. yeah. What has it been like now dating in New York, being, you know, out of a relationship, you are in this new place, you maybe have a little bit of newfound confidence because you're like modeling and you have followers online. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't say that. I Not like that. Um, but I would say, again, when I first got here, like end of 2021, it was very much freshman year of college again. So mm -hmm. not only going out a lot, but going on dates a lot, going like on too many dates, like, damn, like it'd be like a Thursday night, then a Friday night, then a Saturday night. And I'm like, it got to a point where I was like, what am I doing? Like, where am I spending my time? Where am I exerting my energy? Like what actually requires my effort right now that I should be putting more effort into. I'd say like 2022, maybe kind of the same thing until like the summer. For for some reason, like during the summer, I just like don't want to date at all. Like if something happens, that's great, but like not actively pursuing it. Mm -hmm. I'd say for the majority of 2023, it hasn't been a lot of active dating. Um, mm -hmm. I'd like to think that I'm very much in my peacefully single era which is different from being painfully single. Like there are people who are single, but you can tell it's painfully single because like they're trying to go on all these dates and they're going out, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, like I had mentioned. And you can kind of get a sense there where it's like they're fishing for something that's not really there, but mm -hmm. they're just waiting until something does catch on, but it never catches on. Whereas I feel like I'm in my peacefully single era because I know what I want as a person who is dating. I know what I would want in a partner. I think here and there, like going on a date is fun and it can be really exciting and exhilarating, but it's not like I'm not going on dates to be like, okay, this is going to be my girlfriend. Yeah. And I think it helps because I've never been like a serial relationship person. There are people who are like relationship after the next, after the next. And then you kind of get a sense like, okay, like, are you doing this selfishly for you because you don't like being alone? Or are you doing it because like you really just keep finding these awesome people? More than not, it's usually the the first and not the yeah. latter. Um, and so for me, it's like, okay, like I'll go on a date if it's fun. And if something happens, it happens, but I'm not going to be like, okay, like I need to find marriage right now. Yeah, I love yeah. that peacefully single versus painfully single. That's such yeah. like a good characterization of it. And that kind of idea of being peacefully single where it's like, here. I th here's the interesting dichotomy with dating is I do think it requires some effort, especially like in a city like New York where there's a million people to meet and like there's so many opportunities to do things. And, you know, I think if you do just stick to your daily routine, there's a much smaller chance of you meeting somebody new 
that's going to mm-hmm. change your life. You know, if you do some the same thing every single day, you can right. pretty much expect the same thing like every single day. Uh, very rarely are there anomalies that like will come in and change that. So I think that way with dating, like there is some level of effort that needs to be put in, whether it's like your mindset shifts and you're like, okay, maybe I'm ready to like go on a date, a first date. I'm down to be set up with someone. I'm down to maybe like download an app and see where it goes. Um, Like I do think it takes some effort, but that idea of being peacefully single where it's like, I don't need another person right now. I'm like happy with myself. I'm happy with my life. I'm like focusing on the things that I need to do. I think that's such an important state to reach before you like look for a relationship. It's so good to like be in that era of your life because then you are more ready to welcome someone in. Yeah. I think a caveat I should add is like I am protecting my peace, but it doesn't mean like I'm withholding my peace. Like I am Mm -hmm. still like going to drinks first events and going to these other events to like to meet people because they are things that I find enjoyment in. But it's not like I'm not thinking right now that like if I just keep doing the things that I do all the time that someone's just gonna like yeah jump into my lane and oh boom like perfect it is I do understand the the effort there where it's like okay I want this lane but like if I want to like intersect into a different lane then I will have to you know join a club or go out to an event or like go meet these new people like I understand that it's not just going to be like oh like my princess charming just pops out of nowhere no Yeah. yeah of course not well, you said like you you know at this point kind of what you're looking for in a person and what you want. So do you want to you want to expand on that? Yeah, and I think I need to first start with saying that that does change. Like I got into a big running era in June, like starting in June after we did the Montauk to Manhattan race. Damn, I'm just out in myself now. <laughs> we can it's cut okay. That. <laughs> yeah, whoever wants no, I think they already got the gist of who is who this is. If it's you care enough, you can find him, yeah. but like go through things for his channel to meet yeah. him, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At that point I was like, oh, like the person the next person I date has to be a runner because like mm-hmm. this is taking up so much of my time. Mm. Now that I've kind of like gotten over the honeymoon phase of running so much I'm like okay like if they're into running that's awesome that's always an added bonus if they're at least somewhere in the health field like that's probably what I'll be able to do I don't have a I guess something with me is like I don't have a ton of hard yeses but I do have a lot of hard no's where it's like okay okay, like we're, we're probably not going to be compatible I I can see that from from the outset like if you if you're not into like any sort of health and fitness related activities like and you don't even like walk or you don't bike you know that's gonna be no if city biking in the like if you can't city bike like that's probably also a no because like I love the city bike and it just tells me you know where you're I understand the safety level but there's I think there's other things involved like what if If, you could teach someone yeah if I could teach it's more of the like oh I will never bike in the city like yeah like being open to it you're not even open to like trying to go on a little city bike date. So we can't even go down the West side highway and enjoy ourselves. So Mm -hmm. that's going to be a hard no for me. Um, So things like that. I have those hard no's. I think there are other people who are dating who have like very strict and hard yeses, which I don't know. That's never kind of like been my thing. I think in terms of some hard yeses would be like just shared values shared background shared like cultural identities i think those Mm. are important like you know knowing more than one language like knowing more than english i think is important to me your your parents don't have to be divorced but if they are divorced like you understand where like i'm coming from and my divorced parents um and if you happen to be you know the children of immigrants then that 
is awesome too because you understand you know the cultural identity that you know we're gonna share so i think those are some things things that you like value for sure you know it's 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 interesting because like i think we all have these lists of things that fit in our head of like something an ideal partner would have and then there are different ways those things can manifest like i think for the longest time in my head i was like oh i want a partner who i can like leave alone at my events and not worry about them like Mm. that was that was something that i would have really liked And Mm -hmm. in my last relationship, I did have that. Like I had that in in a partner where I was like, okay, I can like go do my own thing. He'll still show up. He'll be there for me. But like he, the way he manifested that was different than what I was imagining in my head, which was Mm -hmm. like, oh, somebody who's like really outgoing and can like have fun on their own and like talk to a lot of people and like keep themselves entertained. He was more somebody who was like, I like being out. I like enjoying music, but like, I don't need to talk to that many people. Like I can just vibe by myself and like be totally fine. And so Mm -hmm. it was interesting for me to think in my mind that I had, you know, an idea of something that would be a hard yes for me. Like, oh, this is a really great trait, but it manifested itself in a different way. And I think people can surprise you in the ways that they show up. Also hearing oh, if they speak more than one language, what that is really saying is somebody who has like a third culture, somebody who can appreciate like, I mean, I I have like a very bad track record of dating white guys. And so (laughs) like, I understand why dating someone with like some sort of shared cultural value or background would make dating easier. But I also think that there's a lot of joy in sharing culture and learning about someone else's culture. So- Mm -hmm. You know, I think these lists that we think we want are good baseline things to have, but know that they can like manifest themselves in different ways and they can show up in different ways that you can still appreciate. So yeah, 100%. I will say I don't know how to bike. (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Are you asking me to teach you to bike? Like, oh, wait, you actually don't know how to like ride a bike no no no. i actually don't know how to ride a bike period whoa interesting that's like the least new york thing i've heard really every every new yorker needs to know how to how to walk at the right speed the new york speed that i know um, how to do and then also like bike because i think that's like you know i think my life would be exponentially better if i could city bike like i just know it would be i just don't know i think do you I think, think there I are other learn. people? Do you think there are other people in New York who also? Because like that's also the like the other New York trope is like you know not having driver's license because you don't need to learn how to drive. I don't have a driver's license. You don't have a driver's license. Drive. <laughs> do you think there are other people in New York who just never learned how to bike? You know, I think it's definitely a much smaller number compared to the people who didn't learn how to drive. Gotcha. I, you know, but like I, I learned how to bike. But it was like one summer when my parents like went out to the Hamptons. I used to love biking in Central Park with my like as a kid with my parents with my training wheels. Uh, I just never like really had the chance to graduate. So it is on my like it's on my to do list of things. I'm trying to figure out if biking is number one or learning how to drive is number one. But like, gotcha. I'm I've limited mobility when it comes like (laughs) mostly walking for me. One of them has a much like lower barrier to entry, and that would be biking. And I think we might have found a good drinks first event for like next spring. Like, hey, are you single or do you have a friend that's single? Do you also not know how to bike and want to learn, but you know, a little embarrassed or like don't have a space to do it? 
perfect. We've got the event for you. Drinks first, buy, Drinks first, you know, city learn, bike. Yeah. My, like city my, bike a friend of mine it. who you know also, she's like a she's a food influencer. Mm-hmm. Um she also, also didn't doesn't know, know how to bike. bike. She what? didn't know Oh my god. Bike. She didn't know how to bike, but she got a PR package from Arizona Ice Tea, and they sent her a bike. And oh my so god! She made like all of this content around the bike Learning to learn how, how to, to bike. bike. Yeah, oh, that's so, awesome. Look, if so, any company like hears this and they want to send me a bike and <laughs> for me to learn well, how to bike, let's do it. Not just one bike. Like, let's get fifty and make an event. Let's get multiple bikes. You can teach me how to bike. We can make some See, collab content. There we go. Yeah. See, I'm always trying to think of content for you and drinks first. I think it just I comes know. just so easily naturally. and naturally. Yeah. Gotta bring just, you on like, the team. I can see it. I can see it. But okay, so you are looking for someone who's like maybe has third culture, who has like similar values, is interested in the health and wellness space. Do mm-hmm. you have do you think you have any like physical attributes that you or like do you have a physical type that you've gravitated towards in the past or not really no I would say like all my relationships have been a little different like there have been women that I've dated who like aren't really into health and fitness or wellness Mm -hmm. or like doing anything active Um, and I think that's where I realized like okay like this is such a big and integral part of my life that it's mm-hmm. it would be something that, you know, I do look for in a partner. I mean, the physical attraction, I don't know if they're like common traits. One thing that I've been saying to myself is like no short girls anymore. <laughs> so like I kinda kinda want them to be like yeah. you know, five seven, five eight, but Oh my god, tall. That's just like yeah, I like I like tall. But then again, it's just like just kind of a fun thing to throw out there. I don't think it's actual it's not an actual you know, red flag if you're five six or five three, five two, I guess. Um <laughs> Justice for short girls. I'm five three. That's where I'm standing up for them. Look. Short you, girls, you got your short kings. Yeah. There we go. Match made in heaven. <laughs> Give them a chance. Give them a chance. At least no, be open minded. They might Very they might love the city bike and speak another language. And yeah, they just of might course. be <laughs> <laughs> like obviously like I'm not looking for every checklist on the box like if they don't hit this 58 quota like I'm not going to be like ah oh, fuck not tall like, enough to ride yeah. the coaster like <laughs> not tall enough for this ride but yeah it's just like just a fun thing to throw yeah, out there yeah you want like D1 babies is what I'm hearing kind of that'd be cool that yeah. would be cool <laughs> I think my genes are like strong enough that you know even if it's like even if my partner is 51 I think still have tall babies you could, it could still it could still work out. Still works out, yeah. My mom is <laughs> under five feet. Really? Yeah. And my yeah. dad's like five eight, five nine. My brother yeah. is like pushing six feet. So yeah, see the nutrients too. Know. The environment, the nutrients, I think also know. affects it. So yeah. yeah. And the sleep. So those are yeah, all I don't, he he got all the height in, in the womb. I don't know where it went. I yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely more aligned. Is your brother with older or younger? He's older. He, he's he's around at some stuff sometimes, but he's like I was living about to say, his. I've married. never seen him. Yeah. He, you might have at some point, but he is like living his mostly like married life in Brooklyn and is like settled down and different. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, so different he is state. married. He's yeah, he's court married. Um, they're getting gotcha. like actual like their wedding is next year, but they're Very like cool. court married as of like Getting a few married. weeks ago. So wow, congrats so. to Thanks. the bride and groom. <laughs> I know they're they're very sweet. Um, I'm sure you'll meet them at some point. Yeah. But we are like 
we got some idea of like what you're looking for, what you're excited about, things that you value. Is there anything else you'd want people to know about you? Anything else you want to add? I'm off the dating apps. I I think we didn't really bring up dating apps other than yeah, like no. where my relationship were, but like I've tried Hinge, I've tried Raya, and yeah, I just don't think they're for me. Though I keep like when I get bored, I'll download Hinge again, and I think that's just like my worst trait right now. But if that's Hinge your really worst is... trait, it's fine. I give into that like <laughs> I give into that okay, like good. every few days. Like, I'll delete it and then I'm like, oh, I just want to see. But like, there's it never gets any better. And like, yeah, no dating apps. If you see me on a dating app, then my profile's deleted. If you want to hit me up, then find my Instagram and find maybe... find them through drinks first. If you want to hit them up, find them through or drinks first. Drinks yeah. first. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I yeah, I I feel like I, I think that kind of goes hand in hand in like being peacefully single because mm-hmm. dating apps they're so time consuming. Mm-hmm. They're so like surface level in terms of how you get to know someone that it's like one it's a lot of effort to put in to like very minimal rewards sometimes and not to say that they don't work, they definitely do. Oh yeah, for they some definitely people. Work. But I I think more and more people, and this is why Drinks First does what it does, like they want to meet in real life. They want to see those connections. It's attraction like cannot only be quantified like through a dating profile. So I I set a 20 minute limit on all of my dating apps. So like I can only be on all of them like collectively for 20 minutes on throughout the day. But I also just like, I feel like I don't care. I'm not active but you know every once in a while you gotta like get on hinge and then i feel like hinge bullies me i'm like am i this ugly like (laughs) i think we all get it they're something (laughs) with their algorithm and they want you to pay like they want you to pay so bad and aggressive about it yeah also something random but Mm -hmm. i have never seen an ad for the league and now i'm now they're everywhere on subway so that either tells me that they're doing really well and like can up their marketing and pr budget or that they need people to get onto the app and no they paying. definitely need pe- so the league was actually started by somebody who went to my college but was like oh, really? way, many many years older than me i didn't know her yeah. but that's she like started the elite, the right it's like the elite dating it's app. supposed to be like it was, and it was i think it must have come out around the same time as raya like it was f- supposed to be for people who are like in the Ivy League, like kind of right. more Ivy, that's where it's career from. driven, whatever. Um, yeah. I mean, I've been on the league since it's come out. It's horrendous. It's terrible. They really? definitely don't have like great people on it. The UI feels super dated. Yeah. So I'm I, seeing all of and the work. ads are so aggressive. They're like, you want someone who like makes your ovaries pop. Like, oh my god they're that so crazy sounds like someone who's probably not very close to gen z if i'm being <laughs> honest i think they just probably got an influx of cash but like look here we are talking about them so there's yeah. they're it's doing, doing something, something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's I think... doing something i don't you don't need to waste your time though cool probably. or money um no yeah, people... no have app fatigue and i know this is also superficial so this kind of goes against what i'm saying with like what we've said against you know hinge and tinder and raya mm-hmm. where it's like very you know very quick very quick type of attraction you're not actually getting to know some but i i kind of like speed dating i've never speed dated before mm-hmm. but if I were going to do an event, I think that is like something that I would love to try. 
That's just like, that's really surprising to me because I feel like most guys would shy away from speed dating. Really? Yeah, I think it's kind of from what I've learned doing drinks first is I I try not to market so heavily that like this is a singles event. You have to be single to be here. Like I think all sorts of relationships are formed like at drinks first events. So I'm not super prescriptive about it. I like that it's synonymous with dating, but it's not only for that. And Mm. I think that has worked in my advantage compared to some other similar things that are similar like companies that do something somewhat similar to what I do because Mm -hmm. when it's so focused on dating I think it pulls in a lot of women but then men get very like and that's perfect (laughs) like damn we got to get more men to speed date I I mean like for the heteros right if you're heterosexual like and you're listening to this like the women are out there speed dating like they are ready the, the women so are at drinks up. first events ready to meet guys like yeah that's true too it's not it's not speed dating necessarily but it is there is such a large like i think it's very specific to new york that women are so active and like wanting to go to these kind of dating events mm-hmm. but men are less inclined because it's a bit like oh that's like maybe cringy or that's like i don't know i i want to go mm. with my boys or that's like too much it's too true. intentional too much commitment too much pressure so, yeah. I, I mean, I've considered speed dating. I think there would be a lot of interest from women. I don't know how much interest there would be from men. But mm. maybe maybe you can prove me wrong. There is a company that... Out, yeah. have, you, have you heard of Amber Club? Yeah, I was about to say, yeah. Okay, Amber. have you gone? No, I think one thing that throws me off is like the price, like the all-inclusive yeah. price. So like as a non-member, it'd be like 150 and I was like, damn. Like it's a lot of money. That, that's a whole ass date, but and I guess yeah, you're going on like ten dates essentially. Like you do get drinks, maybe some food, like hopefully enough meals to suffice. But yeah, that was like the one thing. Whereas yeah. like if it was like fifty bucks and you know you're just getting drinks, I'd be like, oh cool, like I'll do that in a heartbeat. Which it is for members if you join the membership. So mm, yeah, yeah. I I, think that's I don't know the, so much about their like I connected with their founders like when they first started. I know that some things have pivoted and, you know, what they're building is it's interesting. It's different from what I'm doing. I think we're going different routes, but I guess if you're like really big on speed dating, that would be something to look into. It's definitely an an accessible price point to most people though. Yeah. And they do that on purpose. Yeah. They bring in a certain crowd and yeah, I had a friend who went, who said it is like an older crowd. I'd say drinks first is like anywhere from like 22 to I mean, even like 28, 29. Yeah, I say like 21 to 31 is like. Okay, yeah. Kind of Whereas Amber seems like their minimum age is like 25, 26 and up, like 35, mm-hmm. 40. So yeah, it'd be a little different of a crowd, which would be interesting to see. The founder like literally just reached out to me again yesterday. So yeah, maybe I'll well, that's meet good. her. That means you guys aren't so. clashing. Like you guys have your very own different no. niches. We're like, yeah. I, I on each really don't. Yeah, I don't feel that way about like anybody who's doing something similar. There's more than enough like people, people and space, yeah, who want to date. Yeah, yeah. I don't feel like in competition with anyone else who's doing anything similar. But like, you know, we all offer different things, and that's cool. And maybe if it's not that different, you know, people can make their choices about if they want to go to one or the other or all. Like, whatever. Like that's good because <laughs> I have insights from 
every single other company and they all have a hit marker on Ariana Nathani and they're like, <laughs> we got to take down drinks first. They are doing too much, taking in too many people. They're selling out and then adding tickets last minute and then selling out again. Like, we can't have this. I know. I got I got to start protecting awesome. my piece. I'm like, yeah. you know, it's I've been so grateful for how like positive people have been reacting to drinks first so yeah it, and it helps that like you know, you know you that's come, so awesome thank you like people like, come and they come again which i love the fact that you sold out discolo last night like a wednesday night like fall where the you know weather isn't the greatest this past week you sold that out on, I know, a, on a school night on a school it, night it sold out in like less than two hours when i initially launched the tickets it like sold out in less than two hours and then yeah i like had to it's such a small venue. I had to like be like, can I add like a few more tickets? And they were like, yeah. sure, sure, last minute. Yeah. Um, so no, that's, that's I, awesome. it's been it's been great. But you know, everybody should come to more events. They're not just these like small curated ones. But I think that is also it's important to have those. I feel like you make better connections when it's like a more intimate curated crowd as opposed to like those large parties at Georgia Room or something. But I love doing both. Yeah. So. Yeah, there both will, is fun. There will continue to be both. Have you ever thought of like, so one thing that I see, not only for myself, but like, you know, when you do have even a small intimate group setting is like, you start to get into like your, um, your in groups, right? So like, mm. if you start talking to these people, like you'll probably just keep talking to them. And it's hard to, I think one thing that you've done really well with like the dinners, especially is like the fact that you do move around, mm -hmm. you know, from table to table, like with the when and where stuff. And like, you do get to interact with other people. Is there a possibility to do that in like a large group setting where it's like 100 people, but then somehow like, you have to interact with this person for like, you know, x amount of time before moving on or something like that i guess kind of the idea of speed dating where it's like you have to you know try to form a conversation you just want to go speed dating <laughs> i think i just want to do speed dating <laughs> but like there's got to be there's got to be an adjacent to that you know honestly i i have an event coming up in like two ish weeks and i'm launching it tonight and i was trying to figure out like a good way to add that element of interaction for that kind of larger 100 to 150 group of people. I don't know if I've like fully figured it out yet because I don't want it to feel like a weird, awkward icebreaker. Like I don't want people to be like, this is lame. Like mm. I just want to show up to a party and like talk to people. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's like finding that balance. So if anybody's listening and they have ideas to boost people being able to talk to one another or something, like, I don't know. Is it lame to like give people name tags? Is it lame to like... I like name tags. I forget a lot of names. And there's, you know, some nights you meet so many people, you're like, damn, I don't know your name. I'm just going to say, hey, and nothing else. And just hope, you know, we both don't even know each other's name. There are parties that I've done like stickers. Maybe you've been to one of them. They're like green if you're single red if it's you're not and oh, yellow no, if it's like complicated that like they're kind of so like fun though they are fun because <laughs> people have fun with the stickers they'll like put them on one another it's like a good icebreaker last <laughs> night at discolo we gave out roses so like that was a good way for people Hot. to kind of like talk to people and like interact i mean obviously you've been to the dinners where we do like really more intentional kind of like connection yeah. activities at the beginning there's like bingo and then you know whatever i'm thinking for those like larger scale events though maybe it's something we could do like i i've seen like red flag parties you know where people write their like red flag uh -huh. um on like a 
name tag or a shirt or something and yeah. like you can go and talk to someone about it yeah that that works really well too i think i like that idea because i'm someone who like if i don't have a reason to talk to someone it makes it really hard like it makes yeah. it hard to like create intentional conversation but if it is like oh like seeing someone's red flag being like oh wow like that's an awful red flag like that's a great red flag like now that yeah it's an icebreaker the ice has been broken okay so maybe that's something to consider for this event uh this yeah. next event that i do I like that if you have other ideas text me or you know anybody listening dm me and i'd be happy to take any feedback um but as we're getting to the end of this episode we end every episode with a segment called shots mm-hmm. so these are rapid fire this or that questions oh, cool are you ready to do some shots ready ready for some shots okay Early bird or night owl? Personally, my chronotype is night owl, but I try my best to be an early bird. Work hard or play hard? Both. Dine out or delivery? Delivery. Laundry or dishes? Dishes. TikTok or Instagram? Instagram. Money or fame? Money. Coke or Pepsi? Pepsi. What? (laughs) Pepsi literally wins every single blind taste test like i will give you coke i will give you pepsi you could probably decipher but if you chose which one tastes better pepsi wins and pepsi pepsi that's does a taste crazy better. answer <laughs> <laughs> i'm probably the first one to say pepsi too that's I your know red that. flag that is your red flag oh, no oh my god <laughs> whatever spicy or mild mild coffee date or drink date? coffee date Favorite season? Wait, sorry. I know it is shots. I just went on like my first coffee date and it was so nice because like now we can actually go to dinner. Okay. But yeah, coffee date. Okay. I, yeah. I mean, like I said, I'm in my sober era, so I'm like way more open to the idea of like a coffee date. Um, Okay. Favorite season? Like the in between between summer and fall where it's still warm enough to wear shorts and a t-shirt. So like kind of right now, but like not when it's torrentially raining. Not when like it has to be like. 78 to 81. Yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite song right now? Favorite song right now is Fall Back by James Blake off his new album. What is your drink of choice? Drink of choice? Probably a Mezcal Mule. And if you had a boat, what would you name it? Boat? I would name it Utopia 4. That's from the... Travis Chelsea Piers. No, it's the (laughs) Chelsea Piers has this huge boat there and it's called Utopia 4. And I was like, oh, yeah, that'd be a cool name for a boat, I guess. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I had so much fun chatting. Um, If you are interested in meeting and matching our wonderful guest, you can do that by going to our Instagram and filling out an interest form. You can match romantically or platonically. So anybody out there who's interested in making friends, reach out. If you don't have an Instagram, it should also be in the description of this podcast. Thank you so much for being on. You can find us at drinks.first on Instagram. I'm your host, Ariana Nathani at ariana.nathani on Instagram and TikTok. Till next time. (laughs) Thank you guys.